podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the Voices of the Vic podcast with Ben Ayton and Mike Duffy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Voices of the Vic with me, Mike Duffy. And yes, he's back for the first time since the, your daughter arrived. He's very, he's back. It's he, Ben Ayton. Ben, how the hell are you? I'm very well, mate. I'm very well, yeah. Um, very happy to have the arrival of my daughter in the world now. Um, she's doing well. Uh, my partner, Kate's doing well. Um, took them five, six days to get home, which was absolutely horrible to be at home because obviously with the covid thing i couldn't go in and visit so i was at home twiddling my thumbs and couldn't wait for them to get home but they're finally here and it feels it feels good you, you they say about um becoming a dad like one of the best things that ever happened to you and you kind of believe it but until it actually happens it, it truly is it's it's an amazing experience so yeah thank you very much for um all the kind messages that I've had and thanks um, to James from Watford Way for stepping in last week he did a tremendous job so I've listened back to the podcast and he did a brilliant job last week guys Thank you very much thank you very much it's uh, it's good to have you back and as I'm sure most people saw yesterday uh, Isla enjoyed well I don't know about enjoyed but Isla uh, watched the uh, her first Watford game with you yesterday <laughs> as, we, uh, as we saw on Twitter she did. that sent her to sleep didn't he? it I was going to say, she didn't actually watch it. I, I got a geared up at two o'clock and the team news came out. We put her in a sleep suit. Um, I, I put her on me to start watching the build-up. Five minutes later, she conked out. She, she didn't wake up until like five minutes before half-time and then she went back to sleep. So, yeah, she's, she's yet to watch more Watford appearance. But I think that's probably wise that she didn't watch yesterday because there wasn't much to get excited about. There wasn't. And obviously, we're together to talk about that. Um it was a really odd game. Now, before, we obviously usually start straight away by analysing the game that's just happened. But um, the thing I want to start on firstly this week is um, a signing that we made. So, he went straight into the squad. Um, James Garner coming in from Manchester United. Now, we've got a thing for loaning young players from Manchester United over the years. Yeah, we've got um, a few, haven't we? I, I saw that Watford um, put out, um, I think when they announced it on tw- uh, Instagram, they said how many players that we've had. It, I, I didn't believe we had that many. Yeah, well, um, off the top of my head, you got Foster, Cleverly, Drinkwater, Chris Eagles, um, Jimmy Davis, Danny Webber. Uh, they're the six that I can think of off the Tom, top of my Thomas head. Thomas Kuschatz, the goalkeeper. Tom, yeah, Kuschatz, he was brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah, so seven. Uh, and now James Garner becomes the eighth. Um, from what we've seen and what we've heard on social media, I've been speaking to a couple of people as well um, that are Manchester United fans and they truly believe that he is the next best thing. And I was speaking to a Manchester United fan yesterday um, and he was actually surprised that we that we signed him on loan because he actually thought that James Garner might be in and around uh, the first team this season. So there's some good news coming out of the Manchester United camp surrounding him. Um, so it's going to be very, very interesting to see what he can do when he actually starts games, Ben. 
Yeah, definitely. I think United have a lot of faith in him. You could see that last season. He had um, seven Premier League appearances. I think there was probably the majority with sub appearances. But he started in Europa League three times last year as well. So United aren't just going to throw people in if they don't trust them and don't think they've got the ability to perform for Manchester United. Um, he was also Manchester United's under-23s player of the year. Um, and and that, that even started with... Uh, Mason Greenford even started the season with him. So I'm surprised he didn't end up getting it. So, yeah, they've got a lot of faith for him. Um, he's deep line um, playmaker, operates in front of the back four, consistently looks forward and dictates the tempo of the team. Um, I think it's a good signing for Watford. I'm just happy it's another player through the door because you can see um, Ivic hasn't got a lot of players, players to his disposal at the moment. It, it, I feel very sorry for him. But um, yeah, it's another player through the door. Very highly rated youngster. Um, United fans seem to speak very highly of him and I'm excited to see him um, play for Watford now um, he did alright when he came on yesterday I know we're going to touch on the game in a bit yesterday but we, we've struggled with set pieces for a while he looked very calm when he was taking his corners yesterday and he, he was picking people out so yeah I'm looking forward to seeing him in the Watford shirt now um, but with the signing of um, um, James Garner I think it's it's going to add a different style of player to the squad, something that's a bit different. He's, he's a bit different to the likes of Cleverly and Quinner and Chalaba. Um, it, not, I don't think he's going to be like a possible replacement for Kapu, um, but it, it's something that maybe, maybe could fill the gap for Kapu. He's not going to be like the octopus legs that's just going to like um, put his legs in front of the ball to try and stop it getting past him. He, he looks like he's going to be in the right position at the right time, and he's like I said, he's going to dictate play. And I think we need that in the championship, especially with us not having Will Hughes in the team at the moment. And that's what Hughes is going to be um, doing for us when he gets fit. Um, and also, I think seeing the arrival of James Garner, I, I can see. Um, Dan Phillips possibly getting shipped out on loan now. Uh, he wasn't in the squad at all yesterday. Um, and with Tom Deli Bashiru coming back and Will Hughes coming back, I can't see um, Dan Phillips getting in, looking in the Watford side now. Um, he might get a sub appearance in the League Cup, but I think it's vital for his um, vital for him to go out on line now to get that experience. Uh, but yeah, very happy with, with the James Garner signing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you've you've absolutely hit the nail on the head there, Ben. I think he is the type of player that will add a different dimension to our game, which is ultimately what we're looking for. And he's not the same as your your, your Quinner types, your Chalaba types, uh, your Semi types. You know, he he is a different style of player, and um, he's he's got a screamer in the locker as well. From what we've seen, that that oh, clip what that you posted, I think it was against West Brom on the twenty three. Yeah. Uh, it looks like, but yeah, if you've not seen it, ladies and gents, head over to our Twitter. About 25, uh, 30 yards out, wasn't it? Top, it was, top bins. Yeah. yeah, he had no right to score um, from there whatsoever. He, he looks comfortable travelling with the ball at, at his feet, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he looks like a player so. that glides across the field. He doesn't, yeah, he, not much effort needed when he's got the ball, but whatever he does, he just oozes in class, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you made a very good point about the Kapu comparison. He's not going to be sort of retrieving balls like Kapu can, yeah. because we know that Kapu can get everywhere. But in other senses, we might see a, a sort of Kapu-esque player in him, like with the pinging of the passes and picking people out. Uh, but obviously, interceptions, Kapu really is a king of them. So This looks like uh, it's an appointment we'll of uh, possibly Ivic as well. But they've looked to see what how Ivic has played at Maccabi Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. And he, he likes having that deep-lying... 
uh, deep line midfielder who he, he likes he to bit and like dictates play and springs balls apart, uh, across the pitch. I think, yeah, I think it's a, a very good shrewd signing for Watford. Yeah, well, hopefully, as you say, we will see him more in a yellow shirt and he can put in some performances and maybe even score some goals like that one we put out on Twitter. Um, but you mentioned about the squad and if it's only having you know certain players to his disposal. Uh, we'll get straight into that because, again, not for the first time this season, and I say that obviously with only two league games in, but not for the first time this season has the team news raised a few eyebrows. So the team news yesterday was, uh, and apologies the way that I'm reading it, I'm just reading it off what the graphic said. It was Foster and Gakia, Wilmot, Cleverly, João Pedro, Ken Semmer, Nathaniel Chalabat, Kafka, Murray, uh, Glenn Murray, that is, um, Domingo Screener, and Cabaselli with Backman, Sierra Elta, Craig Dawson for the first time this season, uh, James Garner, Pacetto, Pericha, and Sinclair all on the bench. So it was an interesting lineup when it was first announced. But as we've sort of touched on already, Ben, do you think that the only reason he's picking this sort of team is they're the only sort of players he's got at his disposal at the moment? We we we, we are going to need more enforcement. Um, coming in and they sort of need to come in fast as far as I'm aware yeah like I touched upon I feel so sorry for Ivich he's came in new manager he's probably looked at Watford's squad before he uh, joined saw all these talented players we've got and he's like oh yeah I can get them promoted no problem then he's actually came in and there's about 12 of them wanting to leave we've got about another 10 who's injured <laughs> and he's got yeah. loads of academy players that he's got to work with but I think he likes the challenge doesn't he uh, I think yeah. I think Watford Twitter kind of teased us a little bit this week, um, showing clips of yeah. Ismail Sarr um, during the week, and then everyone getting their hopes up, thinking that he was going to like be in the squad or even start. Um, I didn't like that from Watford. I'd rather than not show anything of Sarr. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, Glen Murray getting his first start. Um, I was excited to see how he he would do because um, he came off the bench at Middlesbrough. Um, I don't think he featured at. Oxford, did he? Oxford. Yeah. No, he didn't. No. Um, so, yeah, big opportunity for uh, Murray yesterday. Uh, but, yeah, the shock was no Ismail Sarr in that starting lineup. Yeah, yeah, he, massively. And, like you says, Watford, um, the Watford Twitter guy strikes again. Uh, you know, he's he sort of come back to bite us um, a couple of times with a, a few tweets, especially a couple of seasons ago. The one that sticks out in my mind is because nobody wants to go to Europe. (laughs) And I was like, bloody hell. Um, So, yeah, to show Ismail Asar training all week and then he's not even in the squad, I was very surprised. Uh, The one thing that I'm slightly um, looking forward to now, though, is if he comes back next week and what a game it would be for him to come back against. So, fingers crossed on that front he does. But, yeah, you know, this team... It's what we've got at the moment. And let's not forget as well, I'm seeing a lot of people, especially after the result, which we'll go into now, but I'm seeing a lot of people saying, like, we, we look poor and, you know, we shouldn't be drawing against Sheffield Wednesday. We, we've we played two league games so far. We get to concede a goal, which is the first thing. So if this is sort of not um, Ivic's preferred team, they've, they've kept two clean sheets in the league. And a draw away from home against a Sheffield Wednesday team who are fighting for their lives because they're on minus well, they're on minus nine points before. I'll bloody take that. But let's talk about the first half. The first half couldn't have 
got off to a worse start for us, I don't think, other than the fact of they probably could have scored, uh, probably should have scored. But um, it just, we weren't at the races in the first half whatsoever, Ben, were we? No, I struggled to get out of first gear yesterday in the first half. Very scrappy stuff from both sides. Um, I think Sheffield Wednesday dominated the first half, really. They um, edged for chances. They, they didn't really have a clear-cut chance. They had a lot of half chances yesterday in the first half. Um, I think Josh Windass ran through on goal as well and tried to. I think he came out today saying he, it was a Stonewall penalty that wasn't given, but I think he, he got he got the best uh, the other side of Cabaselli and he was looking for a penalty because um, he knew Cabaselli was going to get to the ball, um, so that wasn't a penalty at all. But yeah, I, I kind of thought it was it was a slow, terrible start from Watford. They kept losing the ball. I thought our midfield was non-existent. Um, we've got a lot of quality in midfield but we've, we've yet to see that yet Chalabar Lopar performances the last couple of games cleverly didn't do much Quinner I don't think they're putting Clip, Clip, uh, Quinner in the best uh, position at the moment it's better in that yeah. number 10 role and I think it's just out to ride of that uh, midfield three at the moment which I don't think really suits him and you can kind of see it he's not he's not having much influence in the performance um because for the Spurs game, he played the number 10 role. He absolutely bossed that game and he popped up with that goal as well, didn't he? But um, he did. Yeah, very slow first half. I think we only had one chance, and that was the Glenn Murray chance from outside the box. Um, hit it down the keeper's throat, and keeper fumbled, and Pedro got there, but. I think he rushed it a bit, similar to the Oxford. I think but, but his eyes light yeah. up when it comes to him and he's rushing it. He's too excited to get that first goal in English football, isn't he? And completely, he completely miscontrolled it and it went it, um, into the stands. But luckily, the uh, linesman's flag went up, so that saved him a bit of embarrassment, didn't it? But yeah, very poor first half and I was, I was glad it was half-time. <laughs> yeah, not, not the sort of start that we wanted us to, to, to have and you know especially seeing how we were in pre-season it was quite surprising to see us start so slowly so a little bit disappointing but we, we managed to get away with it and again like I said we, we didn't concede so although it might have been poor we're still not conceding yeah. and that was our biggest problem last year was obviously defence and for, for him to come in it's almost as if he shored up the defence straight away yes okay we were poor but on the plus side, we still haven't conceded in league football. Now, I, I don't like saying stuff like that because we're only two games in, but it's still a good sign and it's still a sign that Ivic has sort of put his stamp on things and made us better defensively. But um, just going back to that Josh Windus incident, he's actually put a tweet out yesterday after the game um, saying, first half today, brilliant. Should have been a few up and a stonewall penalty. Second half, we would have lost a goal last season. Spirit is there for all to see. Points and clean sheet on the board. Um, now, that was never a penalty in a month for Sundays. So, I don't know what he's seen. As you've said, it's just shoulder to shoulder. Cabaselli gets the better of him. And Cabaselli's stronger. But another thing about Cabaselli, which sort of sort of unnerved me a little bit, is what he's come out and said on Twitter. Um, and he said after the game yesterday... He's perhaps underestimated how physical the championship is. Now, yes, we've just talked about the defence being a lot more, you know, shored up. We've not conceded in league football yet. But does that worry you a little bit, Ben, that defenders are coming out and saying this sort of stuff? 
It does a little bit. I think the English guys obviously know um, how tough the championship is, and uh, I think kind of fans have kind of forgotten how tough it is, though. Um, and the overseas players, they haven't got a clue really. They just they just know about Premier League football because that's all what's um, shown overseas. Um, so yeah. I think a lot of players have maybe underestimated how tough the championship is, um, but. It's, it's going to take time to adapt for them, isn't it? Um, to come down from the, the Premier League. Um, but we've got enough in our squad to adapt. Um, but yeah, it's not the kind of thing you want to say, but at least he's saying it two games in when we've got yeah. two clean sheets. We've got four points from two games. So it, he said it, but we haven't been losing the games. I, I would be more concerned if he said it and we've lost those games. Yeah. Um, as you've just said there, Ben, you know, we... The, the the foreign lads don't know the sort of physicality of the championship as much, but we have got defenders in those ranks that do know the division. Obviously, Wilmot had a brilliant loan spell last season yeah. uh, at Swansea. You've got Craig Cathcart. He's been in the championship. He's got vast experience in the championship um, with us as well. Uh, and then you, you look to the bench and Craig Dawson was on the bench. It was his first involvement this season. Another player that knows the championship. So, I think we do have that good. We we do have that mix of um, sort of experienced championship players and then good young defenders all round. Anyway, because yes, we talk about how Cavaselli can be a bit of a liability from time to time, but on the whole, he is a good defender. Yeah. Um, and if it wasn't for his silly mistakes, I, I think he'd be perfect for us. So I think he he would have played a lot more games last season and for Watford as a whole if he could just cut out these silly mistakes that he seems to have in him. So. We do have that mix of championship knowledge and then, you know, just all-round good defenders. But as you said, I'm glad he said it now. So it can be addressed. He can get used to the physicality. Uh, and we, we've not conceded yet. So, yeah. You wait uh, till he comes um, up against Akin Fenwell. <laughs> oh, don't, don't. Well, they got paced in yesterday. I don't know if Akin Fenwell's actually played yet. But, yeah, uh, I'm not looking forward to that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and then the, the second half, completely flipped it on its head. A bit like the Nigel Pearson start of second halves because he gave him a rocket. Much better. And we were lucky not to score. Um, like, this is what's frustrating as a Watford fan. And I've just alluded to it there. Last season, we would come out the second half and we'd start, the first 10 minutes, we'd be brilliant. And we'd be like, oh, you have got it in you. Why don't you start like that? And it was a little bit like that yesterday. The second half, throughout the second half, with a much better team and, and, and should have scored, Ben. Yeah, definitely. And like I'm just going to read a quote out from Vladimir Ivich. He 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 recognised the first half wasn't great either. He came out and said the first half was a waste of time for us, but the second half was much better. Sometimes you need to do something to wake up the team. They needed to react. But I, I like that he's so honest. It, it's refreshing to hear. He's not he's not um, tiptoeing around situations. He's coming out and saying exactly what it is. And I think fans are really enjoying having Ivic at the club and relating to him. So it, it, for the manager to come out and say the first half was a waste of time, I think that's absolutely brilliant and spot on because it was. It, it was it wasn't great first half, but second half there was there was tempo, there was creativity. We looked like we wanted to win the game. First half, we we looked like we were still on the coach. But yes, second half, we looked much better. Um, creating chances, um, could have scored. Um, we had a couple of really good chances with... Um, uh, what's his name? Um, Pierre Parisa. 
Paricha, I think. Yeah. We, we, we're not the best at announcing these final <laughs> yeah. names, but we'll, we'll give it a good sub. Paricha, we'll get, yeah, yeah Paricha. We'll, we'll um, cleverly had a good chance, one-on-one as well. Um, Cabaselli just put one over from a six-yard box, I think, under pressure from a yes. keeper. I thought that was in when it happened as well. I, I jumped up. We um, somehow got a corner out of that as well. Yes. I don't know how, but... <laughs> Yeah, but as you've said, you know, you've highlighted a few chances there and we, we could have put the game to bed. A little bit annoying that we, we didn't sort of have that finishing touch, which again was a massive problem of ours last season, scoring goals. But it is good and it is refreshing to hear Ivic come out and say that. You know, a, a lot of managers will, would have probably just brushed over it or sort of swept it under the carpet. But Ivic knows what we need to do and Ivic knows that if it's not good enough, he's telling you. Uh, and he's not the only one that's come out recently as well and sort of t- talked about the seriousness of it because we, we did have a lot of passengers last season. Just want to pick up on something um, and Gakia said earlier in the week to um, to Watford's website. It says, we can't have players who don't want to be here. We don't want players treating training as a joke as that is not good for the environment. Everyone is working hard. The coach is an honest man as we've seen in that piece that Ben's just read out and he wants to get the best out of every player now there's it's like complete opposites of where this club was last season like we just didn't there was just no communication from anyone last season towards the end like even Troy wasn't coming out it was Will Hughes that was coming out and it was the same old stuff but this season everybody knows their jobs and the, the group of players that we've got they're here for the, you know, they're committing themselves, which is bloody refreshing to hear. Do you not, do, do you agree, Ben? Yeah, totally. And it's not just the players as well. We're hearing from the owners and Scott Dutchbury's now yeah. as well. I think when we signed, um, was it Joe Garner uh, or we signed another player last week? He's coming out and saying that we're, we're, we're trying to find the right players for Ivic now. And we just needed communication from the top to the bottom, didn't we? And it's, yeah. yeah, it's very, very refreshing for a young lad like Nakakia to come out and say things like that. It must be so obvious when you go into training and you've got all these players that are there probably sitting around the table and you can tell they, they don't want to be there. And it's not a great environment to be around. But I think um, Ivic is setting a good environment for the players who do want to be there and they're enjoying their time at the club. Absolutely. So, on a whole, the Sheffield Wednesday game, yes, we would have liked the three points, but I think a point away from home, Sheffield Wednesday is always a tough place to go. We'll, we'll take that, won't we, Ben? Uh, like I said, there's a lot of people on Twitter that aren't happy and are moaning, but they've got to realise that it's a away game against the Sheffield Wednesday side. And this side, this Sheffield Wednesday side, will probably be fighting like no other team because of their points deficit. Yeah, um you got to you gotta realise that we're not gonna win every game this season. Um we've played yeah. two now, conceded none. Okay, we've only scored one game a goal um from um Craig Cathcart, but we're unbeaten in the league still. Uh, we look like we're not going to concede at the moment. We're only giving away half chances for them. There's no clear-cut chances for the opposition to score. You've got to remember, we've got a new manager. We're, we're under transition still. He's still getting his style of play uh, out to the players. Um, I think he's going all right so far. Um, let's see how we are at the end of the transfer windows because there's going to be a lot of yeah. ins and outs still happening with the club. Uh, but yeah, um, Positives to take out of the two performances that we've had so far. Let's not look at the negatives. 
because I don't think there was too many negatives. First half was maybe a bit under par, and we didn't score. But look, we've we've actually moved up the table. I think I've seen we we were twelfth, yeah. up to tenth. So we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> Let's find those positives. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you mentioned the transfer window because I think this team we we're going to start seeing how Ivic wants to play, and we're going to start seeing you know the style of play that Ivic wants. I mean, we saw a glimpse of it yesterday when Chalaba settled Parizza, who was denied by a brilliant save um, from Dawson in the Sheffield Wednesday goal. Um, that link-up play between uh, Chalaba and João Pedro was brilliant. And we saw that. We, we've seen it in games. Uh, we saw little clips of it in the pre-season game against Scunthorpe. We saw the play against Tottenham in pre-season. And... We, we have to understand, fans have to understand that this Ibic team that he wants to build and he wants to play this football will only work if he has his players in. Yeah. And we're not at the end of the transfer window yet. Let's start judging it, as Ben just said, once the transfer window's done and once there's more players in that Ibic wants. We've got a new uh, sporting director as well, as we know about. So... Hopefully, Giraldi's not as, you know, I've, I've not seen him in any of the um, sort of images uh, on the touchline like he was last season. So, he has sort of had his role stripped back. Let's see what this new sporting director knows. Let's see how closely he's working with Ivic. I'm sure Ivic isn't afraid to put across what type of player he wants. So, yeah, let's judge it once the transfer window's closed. Give it a few weeks then. And then I'm sure we'll start seeing that style of play that we'll want at, um, at Watford. But so far, so good. And hopefully, we can take that into next week's little game, uh, the, the small matter of Luton Town um, at home, which is going to be a very, very interesting game, which we'll touch upon um, just a, 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 on the back of this episode. Um, talking of a few ins and outs, Ben, it, it, it's, we, we had a, a period where it was really quiet on the front of transfers, like ins and outs. But we've actually got a whole list to, to talk about now. Um, I think the best place to start would be departures in terms of we've seen one leave so far. And when that graphic come out of our squad numbers, all non-Watford fans are like, oh my God, look at that squad list. They are going to walk the league. What these non-Watford fans didn't realise was we we're expecting about nine or ten of those players to go. Uh, to go sorry. Uh, one of those has already gone. And that's the form of a stupid um, He's joined Villarreal for 15 million. And Ben, I want to pick up on something that you put out on the Twitter. He's got one year left on his contract and we've sold him for 15 million and he's never played for us. Yes, I'm sure you're gutted, as I'm sure you're about to tell me. But how much of good business is this from the Pozzos again? <laughs> But, but, but Pozzo's a strike to game, really. Um, it, I think we're going to see many more of these kind of deals happening. Um, they're not mm. stupid. They have a massive pool of players. They send them out on loan, get experience. If it don't, if it don't come off, it don't matter because they've not really spent any money on them. But if it does come off, they make a lot of money from it. Um, it's a shame we didn't really see him get to perform in a Watford shirt. But you got to realise we're. We're not in the Premier League anymore. We're not getting the Premier League revenue. We've still got probably some Premier League wages in the squad. Um, so we need to get that down. Um, 
there's no revenue coming through the doors because games are behind closed doors. The pandemic is, is, is a massive factor at the moment. So £15 million for a player who's never had a competitive appearance for Watford is bloody brilliant and just what we needed right now. Yeah, I, I think we will miss him. You know, I, I saw a stat out there whereby um, last season in La Liga, Estupinen was the created the most chances, I believe. And um, in his position, and the only player that was close to him was that Regillian, the the chap that's just joined Tottenham oh, yeah. with Gareth Bale. He was the only one that was close to a stooping Um or he was the only one that created more. He, he was very close. So that sort of speaks volumes. If a club like Tottenham are going for a, a similar sort of player, but yeah, it is gutting that we'll never see him play competitive football in a Watford shirt. Yeah. But I think the things that you've just listed off there. No Premier League football is the biggie for me. Uh, I, I think he that's what he wants. And if he wants to do that, then I'm seeing a lot of people saying good riddance and, um, and stuff like that. I'm not a fan of that. No. The guy, you know, he's been a Watford player for God knows how long because the Potsos do this. So, you know, we've, we've got players that have been officially contracted to Watford for years, but you don't realise because they never play for us. But... Um, He's got a move and the money, I'm sure, will we'll go straight into the transfer pot for bringing players in. I so, so. I, I, I wish him the best of luck at Villarreal. Uh, they've got a good player in him and I'll keep a close eye on his uh, performances. Yeah, the, so the, I, I wish him the very best. The reality is we needed to sell some, some players in his squad yes. and between him and Decoro, that's about £37 million. I don't imagine yes. we're going to put £37 million in the transfer kitty because we need no. to we need to cut costs. <laughs> but if, even if we put a small chunk of that, it's going to help out. Um, I'd probably like us to go for someone like Ryan Manning at, at QPR uh, for left-back. He used to play in midfield and then he ended up being pushed out to left-back when they had a lot of injuries and suspension. And he's, he's done a fantastic job for them. And he was probably one of the better players in the Championship last season. And it's also worth noting, he's 24 and in the last year of his contract. So I don't think you'd be spending much money on him. No. And he's a name that has come up a lot on social media. And I would very much welcome him into the sides. Um, Another player that's been linked with a move away from Watford is no other than Ishmael Assar. He's been linked with a move to Liverpool and um, a link to various clubs, actually. But it's mainly Liverpool that seem to have been sniffing around. I believe there was a bid made in the region of about 25 million, Ben. I think that's what you sent me. Yeah, I believe there was initial contact between the two clubs. 25 million plus add-ons, we believe, that um, Liverpool were asking for. Ismail Saar, which is well below what the Pozzos wanted. Uh, Watford's valuation of Saar was 40 million rising to 50 plus million. Um, and this would have um, gone past for what we did for Richarlison, what we sold him for. Um, Richarlison was a lot less for that. Um, so Liverpool seemed to think this was too expensive, so they um, switched their attentions to Diego Jota at Wolves and signed him yesterday for £45 million, Um which, don't get me wrong, Diego Jota is a great player, but um, they, Liverpool were rising, uh, raising their eyebrows about spending 40 to 50 million on Ismail Saab, but yet they went on to spend 45 million on Jota. Um, but yeah, it doesn't really matter really now, does it? Because Ismail Saab is still a Watford player and I'm absolutely delighted about that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I also on a side note, I think forty five million for Jota is absolutely crazy. But um he is a good player, but forty five million really. Uh, and it is odds that they sort of turn their nose up at our valuation, yet they went and spent a similar fee of what I believe we would have been asking for for Sarah, as you said. It, it, it is odd, but hey ho, they didn't. He's still a Watford player, as I say, and fingers crossed. The admin will lay off tweeting about him, and we might actually see him in the lineup for next week. <laughs> now that would be fantastic if he came back, and also Troy Deeney. Now I know a lot of players will probably be moaning as soon as I've said that, but Troy, these are the type of games that Troy would be up there, uh, up for. And if he's putting himself in the shop window, what better way to sign off for Watford than come back and score against Luton, beat Luton? So on the flip side for him. Premier League teams will see his performance and think, oh, OK, then, there's a player, we'll go and get him. So, fingers crossed. I know I'm probably thinking way ahead of myself here, but, you know, you, a man can dream. Uh, but, yeah, hopefully we see Sar in the lineup. Um, another gentleman that's been linked with a move away from Watford is Craig Dawson. Now, I mentioned earlier that we saw him for the first time in the lineup this uh, yesterday, uh, as we're recording this on Sunday. Uh, against Sheffield Wednesday. He was apparently out due to illness from the first game. If you believe Twitter, then you'll think that's a load of rubbish. But then Twitter is also a load of rubbish from time to time as well. So there are rumours floating around that Dawson didn't want to play and refused to play. Uh, but I like to think that Ivich is actually straight talking enough where he'd actually agree to that because the Estupinen deal hadn't gone through yet. And he, he sort of talked about getting a replacement in for a stupid one. So he's not afraid to do the usual media train answer by we won't talk about them because they're off or they might be off. He, you know, I'd like to think that Ivich would turn around and say, yeah, there's been a problem with Dawson. But it sounds like he actually was sick. So he's come back into the squad. But he's been linked with a move away to, firstly, Burnley. But I believe Burnley would go in for him only on the basis if they sold Tarkowski to West Ham. And they've had two bids knocked back because we talk about crazy transfer fees. Burnley want £50 million for Tarkowski. He's a good defender, but £50 million? Do me a favour. Um, and then Fulham. Uh, are interested in Dawson, but I believe it's only on loan, Ben. Is, is, is that what you've read as well? Yeah, um, that was through the Athletic. Um, mm. Adam Leventhal retweeted one of his colleagues who's a uh, Fulham correspondent, and he actually put up saying that Fulham were looking at Craig Dawson for a season-long loan deal. Um, so not too sure where we stand with that, if that's progressing or anything, or if there's, there's no truth in it at all. So that's just one to watch, really. Yeah, and to be honest, uh, it's a bit of a mixed bag, but I'm sort of starting to see more and more hate towards Dawson. I think it'd be brilliant for this league. I've spoke about it at length in previous podcasts. I I, I do think he's harshly criticised, considering when we returned to football after the pandemic, he was probably our best player um, in terms of goal threat. And I, I think he'd suit the Championship down to a T. I wouldn't blame him if he does want to play in the Premier League. But the hate that I'm seeing him get on social media is starting to do my head a little bit. He's a lot better player than fans are suggesting. I don't know what your stance on it is, Ben. I think people look into people look into Twitter too much 
one person comes out and says, oh, he's refused to play. Um, he doesn't want to play for a club. Everyone jumps yeah. onto that because uh, there's lots of likes and retweets. Because it's all about likes and retweets nowadays, isn't it? With social media, um, if it got over like ten likes, it must be true. Um, so, so yeah, um, I think he he would be great in a championship. I think he could do a job for us. My worry is where does he fit in? Because I, I wouldn't take Cathcart out of the side uh, at the start of the season. I probably would have played Dawson over Cathcart, but Cathcart ain't Agreed. put a foot. He hasn't put a foot wrong so far, so I wouldn't. I wouldn't kick out Cathcart. Um, Cavaselli, he he's slow. He's slow starting in matches. He looked shaky yesterday, a bit worn into the game. And it's probably one of our better performances yesterday. Wilmot, a lot of potential there. He, he's going to get better with each game going. So I don't see where Dawson's possibly going to fit into his side. And we're going to touch upon quickly now about another possible arrival um, with Watford. We are. Yes, we are indeed. Um, see how I like link that one up. I've, I've listened to mate, what you did a few learning. weeks ago. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, now you've sort of thrown me under the bus because I had a right mare trying to pronounce his name uh, over voice note to Ben before we started recording. We believe that William Troost E. Kung is going to be joining from Udinese on a five-year deal, which I don't know what it is with sort of Twitter admins for Pups Alone's teams, but it wasn't long ago that they tweeted a picture of Troost E. Kung uh, Itung, sorry, with his thumbs up, smiling in an Udinese shirt, almost looking like he's going to be staying. Uh, and now he, we believe that he's had um, a farewell dinner with his Udinese teammates, and he'll be joining the Hornets on a five-year deal. Uh, and and Ben, you've you've done a little bit of research. What 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 have you got on him for for those Watford fans that might not know yes, much about him? So William Truce Econ, um, he's a 27 year old. He was born in the Netherlands and played for their under 19s and 21s before swapping uh, to represent Nigeria because uh, I, I believe one of his parents is from um, is Nigerian. He's six foot three centre back. He's right footed. I know that won't really solve our left footed um, centre back problem because we're playing Wilmot on that left-hand side at the moment, he's right-footed. So it's not really going to sort that um, problem out. Um, he's played 65 times for Indonesia in the last two seasons. So he's, he's a consistent starter for him, one of their main defenders. Um, he's got 42 appearances for Nigeria. Um, he he played for Nigeria in the Africa Cup of Nations in 2019, where they came third. Um, and yeah, he's signing a five-year deal with Watford, which l- looks to me that they see him as a main part of this uh, Watford defence because um, we, we we signed um, Cioretti, didn't we, on, um, from Indonesia. I don't believe that was a five-year deal. Um, do you remember what that was? Was that a two-year deal, possibly? I believe it was a two-year deal. Yeah, uh, William Truce Econ is he's a much better and reliable defender than Cioretti. So, yeah, there's a lot of hype about him and he could be someone who could come into the Watford side and do very, very well. Um, he looks comfortable on the ball as well. I've just seen a quick video of him before we came on air, and his 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 passing is like his pinpoint accuracy, and it's it's refreshing to see. But yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. Everything that I've just read off is it looks like he could possibly fit the bill um, and come in because we have from that very like commanding centre backs in the Watford defence for many many years, and this looks like he um, could be someone who fits the bill, really. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to throw you under the bus a little bit, and I think I know it's probably quite an obvious answer, but when he does come in, 
Who are you taking out of that centre-back uh, partnership? I wouldn't take anyone out yet because um, two clean sheets and two league games, um, yeah. no one really deserves to be dropped out of that. I'll, I'll bring him in and put him on a bench. But who would he eventually look to replace? I'd probably say Cabaselli. Um, yeah. Cabaselli, we've touched upon, he's a bit of a liability at times. He has to warm, warm into games. Um, he's a very slow starter until he gets up to pace with it. And then he, he's quite solid afterwards. But... Think that could cost us going forward because the championships, like he's, he he was saying, he, he was shocked with how competitive and tough it is in the championships. So we don't really need that at the moment. So yeah, wouldn't take him out as of yet, but um, it's one to watch. I, I'd probably put him in the middle of the back three, um, and then have um, Cathcart to the right of him and Wilmot to the left of him. Yeah, yeah, I I, I completely agree. Like I said, he he, he was. Probably a bit of an obvious answer that was going to come out there, but I thought we he might surprise me. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine it would be Cabaselli. Um, Cathcart has done brilliant. I didn't think as well, like you've touched on, that at the start of the season, I didn't think Cathcart would be playing. Um, I, thought it, starting. I, think, I thought they would have looked to move him on, um, considering yeah. his age as well. We didn't really feature towards the end of the season. It looked like no. Pearson didn't really favour him. Um, but yeah, no, he's hit the ground running. He's done really well. I've been impressed with him. But I'm saying that he might look to replace Cabaselli, but Cabaselli's got more legs on him than Cathcart. I imagine if Cathcart makes maybe a couple of errors, he might look to repl- um, William um, Truce Econ might come in to replace um, Cathcart, and then you've got Cabaselli yeah. on the right of the three. So he's not going to come in for Wilmot, so it'd be one of those two, but I would probably edge toward Cabaselli at the moment. I would imagine so. Um, but yeah, that's in terms of incomings uh, other than the usual Twitter rumours that you see floating about nothing other than that you know the William Trusty Kong one is probably the, the one that's more than likely to happen you know it sort of died down in the Matt Grimes region and I think James Garner coming in will have sort of sort of taken that position that I think that um, Matty Grimes would have come in and filled so yeah, it is still a little bit quiet on the transfer incomings. What will be interesting to see is that True Steekong will actually be signing a permanent deal, which again frees up more space for us to bring in four loan players. Um, now, whether all four come from Udinese, I don't know, but it is interesting to see because I thought he might be on a loan. Uh, and the question's still out there whether we'll see Fernando Forestieri return, especially if Luis Suarez goes. And especially if Troy goes and Andre Gray's still not fit. So we might need some um, forward cover. But I think Peritza's going to actually do really well. Um, I, I do like the look of him. So I think he'll feature a lot more than people think. Um, but yeah, in terms of incomings and outgoings, it, it's been a, a little bit busier this week and it's picked up a little bit. Hopefully the next time that we do speak to you guys, um, we'll have a little bit more news. And I'm sure in true... Voices of the Vic fashion will put this podcast out, and then two minutes later, they'll announce Truth D Kong. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see how he's going to fit into the side. It'd be good to um, get him through but, the door, won't it? Because we've got we've yeah. got a um, Tuesday night uh, way fixture at Newport County, so possibly we get him are. in, maybe give him some minute, minutes Tuesday night. Uh, maybe we might see Ismail Saar feature, we might even see Troy Deeney feature. Um, so yeah, it's, it's probably a good time to get someone in through the door. We'll probably see James Garner start. Um, so yeah, yeah, and then we've got that big um, M1 derby 
on Saturday. You won't catch me saying their name. I'll never say their name. Uh, <laughs> just like I felt a bit bad. I know, like, like like we said um, before, we don't want to get one of their fans on. So we'll just keep saying it's the M1 derby. We don't want to give them any credit. They don't really deserve it. Um, I, I do see that they're above us in the table at the moment, but it's not going to last long when we beat them on Saturday. Whoa, 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 whoa. Come on. <laughs> oh, mate, what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? If we lose on well, Saturday now, guys, blame Ben. <laughs> I, I, I just... I don't see us conceding. I think we'll we'll, we'll be. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> right. Okay. Will we end this podcast now? <laughs> I, I, I think I think we better. Um, but yeah, as Ben pointed out, we we have got a, a cup game before that. It, it, it's this Tuesday, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, uh, Tuesday. Not a couple of weeks. Yep, yeah, Tuesday away to North, uh, Newport County. Newport. Um, yeah. big, big task for us, won't it? Um, probably see a lot of yeah. fringe players it's a 7pm kickoff again so it'll probably be live on the Hornets Hive if people haven't got it I think it's like £10 a game isn't it so it's a great, good good chance to get to watch the boys yeah uh, and me and Ben have been speaking and we'll, we'll put something out on, on Twitter as, about this but um, firstly we're going to try and speak to a Newport fan a bit like we did with an Oxford fan and we'll put the um, the questions and answers on the Twitter uh, and Instagram like we did with the Oxford fan. Uh, and also a new feature that we're going to be looking at doing as well. Like I said, we'll put something more concrete out over the next few days. With these games coming thick and fast, uh, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, uh, Saturday, Wednesday, whatever it might be, we obviously don't want to be putting podcasts out every like, for every pre-match, for every post-match, especially with the long run that we've got. So we are looking at maybe doing an um, Instagram live, uh, to react to the midweek games. So me and Ben will talk behind the scenes and then we'll announce whether that is something that we'll be doing for the Newport game, uh, as I did for the Oxford game. So we'll see. Keep your eyes peeled for that. But yeah, uh, it's been great having you back, Ben. It's, uh, it, it, do you know what? It's actually felt like ages since we spoke football. I, I think it's literally only been two weeks, but um, it's good to have you back nonetheless. Um, and I'm glad that all the family are doing well. We hope that you guys that listen are staying safe as well as it looks like an inevitable second wave is on the way, but we won't go into that. Um, and yeah, fingers crossed, a good result on Tuesday and another uh, Dan Backman super game. Uh, and then the big M1 derby on Saturday, which, um, yeah, we, uh, we me and Ben will hopefully, after what Ben has just said, um, be coming in off the back of a win. So um, that will probably be the best podcast we'll ever, ever do because that will be brilliant. Uh, but yeah, thanks a lot for, for listening as usual, guys. Uh, we will be back with you after the Luton game. Um, and yeah, stay safe and take care, guys. Podcast Network.